Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorf and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. We're also on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. Uh, on today's podcast, we're going to be uh, continuing with another segment of our top 10 by positions list. And uh, to conclude this uh, series, we are doing our top 10 point guards. If you haven't gotten a chance to top or uh, check out our top 10 list for the previous four positions, go give those a listen. Uh, but with that being said, Hirsch, Get us started. Bring us in with those honorable mentions. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, I just want to say that, I mean, I think we we can both agree that this is definitely one of the hardest lists, if not the hardest one to rank. Um, so you might be surprised with where some of these guys land on the list. Um, you know, we encourage you guys to also make your own list, send them in the, in the, in the comments. You know, we love to read your feedback and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to start off with, uh, three honorable mentions. I think they're all, you know, in a similar boat, uh, except for maybe Darius Garland. Uh, but the three are LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, and Darius Garland, all very young. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and LaMelo Ball have had some injury struggles, which have, you know, possibly uh, moved them down as to where they could be if they had played the whole year, especially with the guy like Halliburton, who when he was playing, the Pacers were very good in the playoffs and he just looked like a bona fide all-star. Uh, so he, you know, with a full season under his belt next year, he definitely could be, you know, in this list. Uh, and then Darius Garland too is very hard to, you know, leave off the list uh, just based off of what he can do. And, you know, what the Cavaliers did this year, their success throughout the regular season, but it was just difficult to put him, you know, above, above a guy who beat him and, and a guy who won a championship. Yeah, I mean, all three of these guys are, like you said, in the same boat. Like, they're all young, and the thing that kind of holds them off of the, you know, top 10 is that is that lack of playoff experience or just playoff success in general. Uh, I mean, look at – they're all of them are 20 and 10 guys, you know, right now, and they're 23, 22 years old. Uh, a year from now, they could be on this list in that top five, maybe even higher than that. But right now, uh, with the guys that we had on here on, on the top 10, all of them kind of share that that playoff experience that they've they've all had either this year or just in previous years where we know like what we're getting out of these guys. It was very, very close in, in talent with the point guards and the guards in general. It was really, really tough. Uh, but let's get to number 10. Uh, inching it out barely, Jamal Murray uh, from the Denver Nuggets. He won a championship this past season, so congrats to him, the Denver Nuggets. That, you know, really gives him an edge. He played phenomenally in that, you know, playoff run for the Nuggets. Jokic couldn't have done it without him, as we've seen in previous years. He was really that, like, X-factor piece, uh, and he showed out in the playoffs and, you know, proved why he deserves to be a top-10 point guard in the NBA. 
Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, he's definitely one of the guys who's tough to rank because, you know, his playoff numbers were so much better than his regular season numbers. And when you're looking at the whole season, um, you know, it's kind of difficult to balance that out. But yeah, uh, what I mean, everything you said is correct, especially about, you know, the fact that the Nuggets would probably have not have won the championship without, you know, his superior play. Um, he raised, he completely raised his game. He matched, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron in that, in that Western conference final series, being that second guy to Jokic. Um, so I think all of that, you know, kind of goes into Jamal Murray as a player. I think there's, you know, an argument he could be moved up or down. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I think another thing with him is like, he had the, the knee injury, which, you know, held him out. So, to see him come back and kind of just progress to, you know, back to better to where he was or even better than what he was so quickly, you know, also is kind of why, like you got to respect it and have him where you have him on this list. It's the, the regular season numbers may not be as appealing as, you know, like a LaMelo ball or a Darius Garland, but what he did in this playoffs, like that has to solidify him as one of the, one of the elite guards in this league. Yeah, I completely agree. His, his playoff run last year, definitely has solidified him and I I think he's you know on track to make his first all-star game next year uh especially with the way the media is buzzing all about Jamal Murray after that you know championship run uh but let's move into number nine well really quick also before we move into number nine and also it might be a little recency bias but again like we like Jamal Murray hasn't been an all-star before but again with the amount of talent in the NBA especially in the guard position it's really hard to make an all-star appearance as a guard I mean Drew Holiday for example has only made his second all-star appearance uh in his career and I mean that might be shocking to some people but again like it's 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 just a tough league and Jamal Murray was really really good before the injury and it's not like he just came out of nowhere and was just really good in just this playoff run like we've seen him be good before and it really just kind of solidified our thoughts and opinions on like yeah this guy can really play basketball yeah most definitely uh we're gonna move into number number nine he you know had a breakout year after uh moving teams it's it's Jalen Brunson from the New York Knicks uh putting up a career high 24 points per game uh almost four rebounds a game and six six assists so you know he he was filling it up as a small guard uh, you know, you like to see that, especially with the rebounds and those assist numbers showing that, you know, he can really lead that next team. And we saw that in the playoffs as well. You know, he does have the gaudy regular season numbers scoring 24 a game, which is better than, you know, some of the other players that are on this list, both above him and below him. Um, But, you know, in, in that in that Cavalier series, he just outplayed, you know, both both Mitchell and and Garland in that series. He really showed out. And he showed, you know, that he was really worth that that contract that the Knicks gave him, that a lot of people were, you know, skeptical. Is he worth, you know, 25 plus million dollars uh, after what we had seen from him on the Mavericks next to Luka? So, you know, him getting that contract and then him also having a career year and then also elevating his game in the playoffs and getting the Knicks to win a, a first round series, which... I mean, as we both know, the New York media, the, the Knicks fans, they're crazy when they get into the playoffs and they love winning and they all that all they want to do is is win playoff games. So, you know, when when that happens, I think, you know, Jalen Brunson's probably beloved by the city now at this point. And I think, you know, the Knicks really have their themselves a, a great guard on their hands. Yeah. And it's and it's obviously not as simple as this, but you see as soon as the Knicks 
uh, get Jalen Brunson. They're in a, you know, some competitive playoff series. They win a playoff series competitive with the team that made it to the NBA finals. Uh, and then the Dallas Mavericks, the team that he was on, didn't even make the play in. I mean, I feel like that has to say something. It's not everything, but it says something about how impactful of a point guard Jalen Brunson truly is and what he really means to, you know, his team. Uh, Jalen Brunson is just really good. And I think that number nine is a really solid spot for him. Uh, let's move on to number eight. We got our uh, homegrown or not homegrown, but we got our home guy, Drew Holiday. Uh, you know what, you know what we get with Drew Holiday. He's won a championship uh, uh, with our Bucks. He is arguably the best defensive player in the NBA, or at least the best defensive guard in the NBA, said by a lot of like active NBA players like Kevin Durant, et cetera. So Drew Holiday has, you know, really earned his spot on this list as, you know, we've seen him year in, year out be basically the same player, just a defensive stopper. Meanwhile, giving you almost 20 a game and six, five assists a night. Uh, just a really, really solid number three option on a on a team that can win it all. And he brings a type of energy and value that, not many of these other guys on this list, if any, really bring. So I think that kind of makes Drew Holiday special and earns his spot at number eight. Yeah, you mentioned his value. I mean, when you look at his numbers, you know, a lot of them aren't necessarily, I mean, his scoring numbers are lower than anybody on this list and he's, you know, above two players. So, I mean, that that definitely just speaks to his, you know, defensive value and how, you know, important he is on that side of the ball. Um, and yeah, you just mentioned, you know, the fact that, you know, he can be that third guy and we saw him be that third guy when we won the championship, but he really elevated his game this year, you know, with Middleton being out for most of the season. And he, he really took on that role along with kind of Brooke Lopez as being those two, you know, offensive scorers next to Giannis. And, you know, he, people would, people normally say, like, oh, Drew Drew takes a lot of bad shots. He, he takes a lot of threes. He chucks a lot of threes. And, and you know, he doesn't have that great of a of a uh, uh, three-point percentage. But, you know, he, he was put in a position where he kind of had to. Um, I know the last time we saw Drew Holiday, he kind of was getting embarrassed by Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Uh, but hopefully, you know, he comes back with a little bit more of a vengeance next year. Uh, maybe that, you know, gives him a chip on his shoulder and he, you know, he really comes back and plays with some heart and, you know, the Bucs can go on another run. Absolutely. Yeah. Drew Holiday. I mean, Hirsch, like, I think a big thing with the Jimmy Butler thing, too, is that he was guarding a guy who was five inches, four inches taller than him and weighed more than him. It was just stronger and you just you can't really do anything about that to a certain extent. And that we got a new coach. We made some adjustments in the offseason. And I think, you know, Drew being a top tier defender still holds true completely. Uh, that playoff run or that playoff series, rather, uh, there was a lot going. There was a lot going into it, you know, for why we looked the way we did. And we've seen Drew Holiday in previous playoff runs, you know, be the best defensive player out there and then also give you that 20 plus a night. And then, yeah, he will have his, you know, the occasional, you know, awful shooting night. But the one thing he does on a consistent basis is play great top tier defense. And that deserves a spot at number eight. Uh, number seven, this is a pretty controversial one. I know Hirsch and I had to discuss this one a little bit. Uh, honestly, a pretty controversial player in the media. Uh, if you haven't guessed by now, James Harden. 
with currently with the Philadelphia 76ers, maybe with the the, <laughs> the Dragons. We'll see if he plays in China. <laughs> we'll see. James Harden at number seven, uh, former MVP of this league, uh, led the league in assists this year. James Harden is a guy who transitioned from being, you know, a guy who gave you 35 points a night, uh, regardless on how many free throws it was. It was still 35 points a night being, you know, a shooting guard, a primary scorer, bucket getter to a, a primary, uh, you know, floor, uh, uh, floor spacer, uh, point, just primary uh, ball handler rather and point guard. So uh, it's cool to kind of see that like evolution of his game and that progress being made. Like it's maybe not as flashy as the 35, but James Harden is still a damn good point guard in this league. And I understand he has his playoff struggles, but a lot of these players on this list either haven't had the opportunity to uh, prove that they can struggle in the playoffs yet because they're too young to, or they, they like James Harden have struggled. So James Harden, Really, really good player. I think number seven is a really solid spot for him right now. Uh, Hirsch, I, I want you to you know give your opinions because it might be pretty different than mine. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of James Harden just overall. I think, you know, as a player and the fact that, you know, he's requested a trade in every single team that he's been on except for, I think, the Thunder. Um, you know, I, it just doesn't give him a good look really in the media or, you know, just in the public nationally. Um, but, you know, you did mention that, you know, he he did really evolve his game from what he used to be, um, especially, you know, when he moved teams and started playing with, you know, better players than him, like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. He, you know, had to be that kind of facilitator because you can't really be ball dominant with those other two guys there. And then, you know, Embiid needs to be fed on the Sixers. Tyrese Maxey gets his shots up. Tobias Harris gets his shots up. So, yeah, James Harden's stats are going to be lower scoring-wise, but you mentioned it. His facilitation on offense is incredible. Um, the way he can pass his, his vision, uh, I just think it's, you know, it's it's really impressive how he's changed his how he's changed his game, you know, getting older especially too. So I think the way he plays is – kind of more beneficial to, you know, an older play style. So I think, you know, he might age a little bit slower, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with him. He's, you know, one of those guys where we're not really sure uh, if he's going to start the season on the Sixers. He's kind of, you know, having uh, like a fight with Daryl Morey, who's their GM. He's saying he doesn't want to go back to the Sixers. He's calling him a liar in the media. He's in China right now on a tour. Um, so all of those things are kind of up in the air, but it doesn't take away from him as a basketball player. So yeah, James Harden at number seven makes a ton of sense. Uh, at number six, one of my favorite players, um, I've loved him ever since his college days and I like him in the, in the league now on the Kings, it's the Aaron Fox. He's the leader of that offense, uh, 25 points a game four boards, six assists. He does it all. He can fill it up. And he's also one of the quickest, fastest players in the game. Um, and he also was was one of the clutchest players, if not the clutchest player in the league last year, uh, leading the NBA, I believe, in fourth quarter points. So all of that is, you know, a plus. And his playoff his playoff series against, you know, the Warriors, he he it's not like he he was a shell of himself. You know, he didn't really necessarily elevate his game, but he also didn't, you know, get any worse. He kind of just took his 25 a game in the play in the regular season and moved it into the playoffs. Uh, 
you know, you kind you 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 like to see no regression out of that, especially with the guy's first playoff series. Uh, but yeah, I think you know De'Aaron, he has a chance to move up on the list. I'm not really sure if anybody on the list has a chance to really pass him in the upcoming year, um, other than maybe you know a healthy Tyrese Halliburton year. Uh, but yeah, De'Aaron Fox at number six, I love it. Yeah, and I mean, I think this I, with the I mean, we've seen with these point guards, it can and just anyone really in the NBA can shift at you know every any given year. But with De'Aaron Fox, you know, you mentioned the playoff series. And I think, you know, the really like big thing with him is that he took one of the most dysfunctional franchises for over a decade in the NBA to a playoff series that like in itself is impressive. Uh, they were the four seed, I believe. Right. Yeah. So not only not only did he take them to a playoff series, but he gave them home court advantage in the first round like that's and doing it, you know, giving them 25 a night, like you said, being the most clutch player in the NBA, like you could almost argue that he should even be a little higher on this list. It's it's again, it's just that we've seen him be play at this level just one year. And yeah, I totally think that there's room for him to move up in the coming years and be one of the, you know, faces of the NBA. He is that good. De'Aaron Fox is a really good player. You I remember we Hershey, another friend of ours, uh, and I, we uh had the little thing with the draft class with uh Lonzo Ball, Markel Fault, and De'Aaron Fox. And Hirsch was always the De'Aaron Fox guy. And yeah, De'Aaron Fox ended up being a really, really, really good player and with room to still get better. So it's pretty cool. De'Aaron Fox at six is a really, really solid spot for him. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorf, and you're listening to Hershey Winkleman. We'll be right back with the top five point guards in the NBA. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. I'm Hershey Winkleman, and he's Stephen Dorf. And we're back with our top five point guards in the league. This is going to round out the offseason player ranking series that we've been doing um, all throughout the offseason, like Steve mentioned earlier, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the other episodes where, you know, we rank the shooting guards, small forwards, power forwards and centers. We have all of those there on our channel. So make sure to check those out. But coming in at number five, uh, possibly, you know, another controversial player. Uh, it's Trey Young. You know, the, the Hawks had a pretty disappointing year last year, but it didn't really take away from Trey Young's statistical uh, averages at all during the season. He still put up 26 a game, three rebounds, but you don't really expect a guy who's six foot, six feet tall to get more than a couple of rebounds. But 10 assists, again, being one of the best facilitators in the league as well as scorers. Uh, we know what he can do from three. We know how quick he is going to the basket. And, you know, I think the I think the Hawks have a chance to be very good next year. Uh, especially with, you know, some of the moves they made in the offseason, some of the pickups. And, yeah, I think Trey Young, you know, he, he's led his team in the playoffs a couple of times to some to some series wins, some pretty impressive series wins. He's, you know, hit daggers in the playoffs and clutch moments to win games. Uh, so I think all of that contributes to, you know, Trey Young being that top five guy. A lot of you guys might disagree with us, but, you know, I think – Steve and I are both pretty high on the guy. We both can kind of see, you know, what he does on the court and how valuable he is as a player. I mean, we I understand his defensive, you know, incapabilities, the fact that he can't really guard anybody that's bigger than him. But, you know, the Hawks have found ways to hide that and make the playoffs and have successful seasons with him. So I think, you know, he definitely slots in perfectly at number five. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think like with Trey Young, I, there's a total argument, like a very, very valid argument at this point that can be raised with him. And it's that he is the most overhated player in the NBA, maybe most underrated even like the guy has made it to a Western Conference finals. He's, uh, you know, average 10 plus assists in two in multiple years in his career. He gives you 25 plus points. Uh, I mean, he has defensive limitations and like we, everyone knows that it's very obvious, but the guys ahead of him four through one have relatively the same uh, limitation as him. And that's just defense. So I think that Trey young, what he does for his team is uh, like, it's just, it's pretty crazy. Like how much, you know, offense he provides for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, he does everything for them on the offensive side of the ball and you know, the defensive limitations definitely hurt him as an overall player. But when it comes to being a true point guard, he is as almost as good as it comes. Uh, number five is a pretty good spot for him, in my opinion. Uh, honestly, the reason I don't have him higher than a five is because the guys ahead of him are just that good. They're literally just that good. Uh, let's move into number four, John Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies. Um Again, another young guy who has made his mark on this league already for, you know, a, a multitude of reasons being that he's a freak athlete, you know, reminiscent of Derrick Rose. And then also, you know, we've had the, uh, you know, more recent unfortunate stuff with him in the news with the whole, you know, gun issues and all that. But when you look at him as a player and specifically as a player, Hirsch, like, I mean, he's outside of the shooting. And again, you know, he has these defensive limitations, like almost all these point guards do. He, he just, he does so much for the Memphis Grizzlies. He turned that franchise around. I mean, Hirsch, what, what do you have to say about Ja Moran? Yeah. I mean, I think Ja, you know, should be in that, you know, elite tier of point guards. I think the top four is that, you know, top elite tier, uh, the cream of the crop, you might say, but yeah, I think, you know, what, his speed his agility his explosiveness like you mentioned it does remind you of like a young Derrick Rose or a young Russell Westbrook the way he's able to just move up and down the court um his electrifying dunks his jumping ability I think you know that's really captured a lot of fans but like you mentioned you know he's he's had a lot of issues you know off the court um and as those have contributed to a uh, a 25 game suspension entering next season for John Morant uh, that, you know, kind of forced the Grizzlies to trade for Marcus Smart to be that, you know, guy to fill in for him. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what the Grizzlies, you know, look like next year. We'll see how Ja looks like when he comes back um, and if he comes back at that 25 game mark, because I know he does have to do certain protocols in order to reenter the league. Uh, but, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see uh, what happens with, you know, Ja's whole off the court situation. But, yeah, you know, like you mentioned, on the court, John Morant is special. He's electrifying. He took the league by storm in a year, two years. Uh, and, you know, he has a huge following with the fans. Yeah, and he's someone who could, like, win an MVP in the NBA. Like, he's, he's like, that good of a player in that. Like, he's, he's so young. He's 22, 23 years old, and he's, like, already been in MVP discussions. He's, he, he's just a really, really good young player that, if he can, you know, stay out of trouble, is only going to move up this list and potentially be the best point guard in the NBA one day. Yeah, I definitely think he has the potential to, you know, have that that title as the best guard, uh, best point guard in the league. Uh, but right now, you know, there's still a couple of guys ahead of him that just have more pedigree and more experience. 
And uh, one of those guys is Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I understand that, you know, he had some injury injury issues last year, but while he, when he played, he was putting up 32.2 points per game, uh, 4.8 rebounds per game and 7.3 assists per game. All of those contributed to, you know, one of the best seasons of his career at age like 32 or 33. So, you know, even in his older stages, he's still, you know, he's still that elite point guard that we've always seen him be. Um, you know, we've seen him in the news a lot this offseason for, you know, possible trades to Miami, to other teams. Um, we're not really sure about that situation or if he's really going to play for the Blazers at all this year. But I imagine if he doesn't get traded, he does suit up for them. So I think, you know, just with the pedigree, with what he's done uh, and with his numbers last year, he slots in a number three. Yeah, and I think, you know, with a guy like Damian Lillard, you know, we talked about De'Aaron Fox's clutchness and, you know, how, you know, great De'Aaron Fox was with that this year. But Damian Lillard has been a guy who we've seen be extremely clutch almost every year that he has, you know, been in the NBA, every year he's been in the playoffs. He had that run, uh, I forget how many years ago, but he made it to the conference finals uh, where he waved Paul George goodbye, waved Russell Westbrook goodbye, whatever. I mean, that... Damian Lillard has made his mark on this league too, as just, I mean, one of the best point, one of the best offensive guards probably to ever play the game. I mean, he is really, really, really good. And we've seen him play his career in Portland. They just drafted another point guard in Scoot Henderson. We'd like to kind of see them figure it out and get Dame the pieces that, you know, he deserves so they can truly build around him because I really, really did like his whole loyalty motto. And this whole, you know, offseason stuff, you know, where it's finally kind of boiling over is really unfortunate. And I mean, the Blazers are to blame, uh, you know, to a really, really big extent of this. Right. Like they they didn't put the pieces around, you know, the correct pieces around Dame for eight, nine years that they could have. So I, I just think that Damian Lillard, what we've seen from him and, you know, even though he's 32, 33 years old, we know. You know, last year, like you said, he was putting up one of his best seasons. They shut him down so they could tank and try and get Victor Wembanyama. That doesn't work. I think Dame is going to come back this year, and he's going to be the exact same player that we've seen him be year in, year out. Number three is a really good spot for him. The guy that we – I mean, he would have been number two in previous years, except number two is, you know, taken by Luka Doncic. He's phenom of the NBA. Uh, this guy, you know, the Trey Young, Luka Doncic trade is going to go down as one of the, you know, more electric, crazy, maybe even even trades in, you know, the history of the league. Uh, Luka Doncic, I mean, he does everything, everything, you know, stat sheet wise, he gives you 30 plus points, triple doubles, he, all of that. Uh, you know, the one thing we'd like to kind of see from him is more playoff success. We saw him in a Western Conference finals matchup with the, uh, Phoenix Suns a couple of years ago, but you know, they ultimately lost. And then, you know, this year they didn't even make it. And I, you know, part of that could be attributed to like Kyrie Irving, you know, uh, just figuring out the chemistry between, you know, two ball dominant guards, but yeah, Hirsch, Luka Doncic is, is just really, really good. Another guy who could not only win MVP could win, you know, multiple MVPs go down as one of the best players ever. And he's only 23, right? I mean, he is that good, right? Like, Hirsch, what more do you have to say about Luca? I mean, he's... <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he he definitely has already made, like, a, a case 
that that he could be one of the you know 10 15 greatest players ever if you know if he you know can gain those accolades win a couple championships maybe a couple MVPs uh you know he definitely could be in those conversations averaging 32 a game almost nine rebounds and eight assists so he really fills up the stat sheet at every level uh he's an oversized point guard playing basically out of position uh and he's able to take advantage of that you know he's he's getting you know some weird matchups on offense and he's able to, you know, kind of take off on defense, not really try as hard and save all of his energy for, you know, the offensive end. Uh, But like you mentioned, you know, it's going to be interesting to see a full year of him with Kyrie Irving and, you know, the pieces that they added. I would argue that the Mavericks had one of the best off seasons of any team this year, getting Derek, getting Derek Lively, Rashawn Holmes, uh, a couple of other guys, you know, they, they really, filled in some some big needs that they had especially uh down low getting him a big man who he can you know roll with block some shots defensive minded so you know I think the Mavericks are in for a solid year I hope they make the playoffs because like you mentioned you know it's going to be it's going to be tough for Luca to you know make those claims as one of the best players in the league one of the best players of all time if he he you know can't make a can't make a finals can't win a ring uh, I don't know if necessarily this is the team that can do it, but I think he definitely can make the playoffs um, and maybe make some noise because we've seen him do it before. Uh, I also do want to mention his little rivalry that he has with Devin Booker is pretty electric. Uh, it gets the fans riled up. Twitter goes crazy over that whenever the Suns play the Mavericks. Um, and they like to, you know, talk to each other. So you know, maybe we could see some more of that this year, possibly a playoff matchup with the Suns and the Mavs again. So, you know, that's always just an interesting storyline to watch out for. Yeah, dude. I mean, with Luca, like, like Hirsch, I mean, like we've seen like what they did, like them letting go of Jalen Brunson was one of the biggest mistakes they could have made. I mean, they were in the Western Conference finals. They had a chance to make it to the finals. And who knows, another year of Luca and Brunson could have, you know, been enough for them to make it to the finals. Like, I just, uh, I think a lot rides on the Mavericks really building the right team around Luca. I mean, he's proven at this point that he can do it all. Like he, he is everything for them and they just need to get him the right, like just the right pieces around him. Is Kyrie Irving the right piece to put next to Luca? Personally, I do not think so, but only time will tell with that. I want to see it for a full year. But I, I think the Mavs need to really, really start to buckle up and do what they can because Luca might have to start looking into other options. Uh, I think that's really going to be ultimately what, like, you know, holds him back and what makes it defines his legacy is what is, you know, what he does in the playoffs. And is it going to be with the Mavericks? Maybe not. Maybe we'll see. Only time will tell with that. But uh, number one, Steph Curry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what else is there really to be said? He's, arguably the greatest point guard ever already uh he hasn't even finished his career up he's won multiple championships he finally got his finals mvp which everyone was kind of hounding him about so he's basically checked all the boxes he's the best shooter of all time uh i mean he's changed the game he's iconic he's, he's steph curry i mean hirsch what 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 uh what about steph curry I mean, do you what what else does he have to do to, you know, kind of keep him at one? Like, 
is there really anything else to say other than he's Steph Curry? He's won for you know his championships. He's got the finals MVP. He's got the regular season MVPs. He's checked all the boxes. What else about Steph Curry? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Steph Curry has, you know, cemented himself as probably the second best player of the decade. Um in LeBron's era, he's won four rings, which is, you know, pretty impressive to say the least. Uh, we know he's been on, you know, some super teams in the past with Durant, but he's also won two championships with, you know, that same homegrown core of Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and him. Um, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how this year they work it out with Chris Paul and him. I think that's going to be one of the, the you know, most interesting storylines of the entire season is seeing if Chris Paul and Stephen Curry can play on the court at the same time and how that works, along with Clay Thompson and possibly Draymond Green and Wiggins. That's a pretty small lineup, but it's a lot of talent on the court at the same time. Just going to struggle defensively with the opposing guards. But, yeah, I mean, nothing about Steph Curry, as of now I see it, would remove him from number one. I think, you know, just his pure shooting, his IQ, and – what he can do has already made him a legend and he's only a 32. Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't really even a debate. Steph Curry was a super, super easy. Number one, like it, 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 as great as Luca and Dame and, you know, Josh, Trey, all these guys are, they're all great. They Steph Curry is, you know, he is the pinnacle of a great point guard. He's going to go down as potentially the greatest point guard to ever play basketball. So how could he not be number one? Yeah, what do you how do you how do you see, you know, him and Chris Paul working out this year? Uh, it's going to be weird. I'm my whole thing is that I'm not a fan of, you know, teams building their, you know, a uh, franchise building their team around players who essentially like operate in the same, you know, position or same realm. Steph Curry and Chris Paul are both, you know, like true point guards they're both lead you know lead guards they're ball handlers that's what they do that's why clay thompson was the perfect running mate for steph curry because he could do so much without the ball in his hands and as great as a you know off ball player as steph curry is you know the lack of defense like you said it's it's gonna be i think there's gonna be a lot of obstacles to you know face here with this current situation i think chris paul off the bench might be a better route for them to go than you know instead of him in the starting lineup but I think it's, I mean, it's exciting. I never in a million years would have imagined Steph Curry and Chris Paul and Clay Thompson, and, you know, Andrew Wiggins all on the same team, right? Like it's, it's a weird day when, you know, you got Chris Paul and Steph Curry on the same team. So it's, it's cool. I mean, I'm excited to see it. I'm sure a lot of NBA fans, especially Warriors fans are really, really excited to see the Steph Curry, uh, Chris Paul, Golden State era. So going to be cool stuff, I guess. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, a very interesting storyline, especially if they can, you know, get into the playoffs that, um, you know, they could possibly make some noise with all of that playoff experience and stuff. Uh, but that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN and on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And let's go Bucks.